0: Hey, this is Alex Moore, lead pastor of New Life Community Church in Kansas City, Missouri. Thanks for taking time to listen to this message. For more information or to donate, visit newlifekc.com. Well, hey everybody! Happy New Year! Come on, you survived! You made it. In case you don't know who I am, my name's Alex. I am the lead pastor here at New Life, and it is 2023. By a show of hands, how many of you stayed up until midnight last night? Look at you guys. How many of you said, no, I went to bed early? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all good. I, I ended up staying up later than I wanted to, and it's a good thing I did because at midnight, my neighborhood thought it was the 4th of July. They got their, they got their holidays mixed up, and it was a fireworks display. And my 2-year-old, whose birthday was yesterday, I heard him in the other room crying. And I had that moment as a parent what kind of cry is this? Is this one that necessitates me to go in there? Do I leave him? What do I do? And some of you are like, that's a thing. As a dad, that's a thing because I don't want to go in there, but I have to go in there. And I go in there and he's standing in his crib, holding on, mouth wide open, ah, screaming. And I said, okay, he needs some love. So I, I picked him up. We looked out the window at the neighbor who's just jolly lighting off big fireworks. Uh, And so we, we celebrated the new year together, me and Micah, while the others slept like rocks in their beds and heard nothing. So whether you stayed up or not, today is 2023, which is just wild, isn't it? And this is a significant year for me. I don't know if this has any meaning to you, but for me, 2023 means that later this year, I will get an invitation to attend my 20 year high school reunion. It's gonna be one of those years. And high school reunions are are so interesting, aren't they? Because as soon as you get the invitation to go, it is proof that you are aging. Uh, There's no getting around it, you're getting older. And then secondly, I don't know, high school reunions are interesting because they are to be a social event. You're supposed to go and socialize with other aging people who, interestingly enough, you may or may not have liked as a young person. And so the high school reunion is so interesting. Um, How many of you have attended a high school reunion in your life? Aren't those fun? How many of you said, I've avoided it in my whole life? Yes, I know you people too. (laughs) So so here's the deal. I've been to, uh, we had a, like a five-year, which I don't even know why anybody would have a five-year high school reunion. we went to it, nobody showed up. Uh, the 10-year, that happened. And you know what happens after all these? And my dad, dad, how many years ago did you graduate? 50-some years ago. All right, so here's the thing. I've talked to him like after his reunions. I've talked to my wife after some of ours. And you know what everybody talks about after the reunion? Is how much people have changed or how much people have not changed, right? It's gonna go one way or the other, like I didn't even hardly recognize them, they've changed so much, or they are exactly like I remember them, and like the old click got back together, and you're like, I remember that group, I never liked them. So, reunions are interesting, and this is gonna be my reunion year, and it's gonna be a super interesting thing because it's all centered around this idea of change, And when we enter a new year, most of us are already thinking about change. What do we want to change? What do we want to improve in our lives? How can we be better? And whether you like New Year's resolutions or don't like them, there is something about having a fresh start. It's like it's a new year. I'm not having to be marked by whatever my past was. I want to go in a new direction. And so when we think about change, some people think that change isn't even an available option. I don't know if you've ever met people like that. They just think that they are victims of fate. Whatever fate would have is what I'm stuck with. But I do believe that we can change. But but although people change for all sorts of reasons, the most impressive change, the most dramatic change that I've personally witnessed in anyone's life has been because of Jesus Uh, I don't know if that's true for you, but, but this is the truth I want you to get today, is that Jesus and only Jesus can change who you are on the inside. That's just the truth of it. A lot of times we try to change, and we try to change ourselves, and we think that we can change ourselves on the inside. So what we do is we say, you know what? If, if, if I lived in a new place, or if I had a different appearance, if I changed how I looked, or if I had more schooling, or if I had a different job, or if I had more money, or if I had just had more success, then I would be better, and I would change on the inside. Of course, as you've probably found out and know, changing those outside things doesn't change what's going on on the inside. It's like that old song, you know, I got 99 problems and I'm a part of every one of them, right? Like that's how that works. So we can change whatever we want on the outside, but we always are going to have an issue because we are incapable of changing what's inside of us. Jesus, and only Jesus, can change us on the inside. And here's the good news, is that Jesus actually wants to change you. He doesn't just have the power to change you and say, I don't want to participate. No, he is actively desiring, because he sees how your life's turning out. He's seeing the problems. He's seeing the pain. He's seeing the nights that you're crying when you go to bed. He's seeing when you tried in all your effort to make life meaningful, and at the end of the day, it wasn't meaningful. And you thought when you got to this next level, this next stage, that then I would be happy, but then all of a sudden you weren't. And God sees that, and he says, listen, stop trying to change the outside. Allow me to change the inside, and it'll change everything. Everything. God wants to help us. He wants to change us. He wants you to leave your past behind, that whatever you've been doing that hasn't, he wants you to leave that behind and let that become an old you. He wants to lead you into new life. I mean, that is really, really good news. So this morning, we're going to have a different kind of message. And and as you can see, I, I brought stools out because stools are awesome. And I don't need two stools, So I'm going to need to invite some friends to help me today, and I know my first friend is super excited and nervous to come up here, but would you guys put your hands together and welcome my friend, Brad Duterstad, as he comes on up here. (laughs) Let's go. Come on. Yeah. He wanted to make sure there was boldness in his chest, and so he wore a Superman outfit today. Let's go. All right, Brad. Uh, I invited you up here because when I think about people who have changed, you are one of the first people I think of, and let's first talk about how you've changed on the outside. Um, I I got the pictures you sent me. Check out these pictures. This is a little bit of the weight loss journey of Brad at, um, where is the Smokehouse? Yeah. What's your favorite meal there?
1: Ribs. Ribs, of
0: course. And so what year was this on the left?
1: Uh, that was probably 20 what
0: 11? 2011. Yeah. 2017. That's close. You know they they, al- they almost look the same. Yeah. yeah. So 2011 and then this other one on the right.
1: That uh, would have been last year.
0: Last year. And so what was uh how much how much weight did we lose in this process here?
1: Uh, 230 pounds. Wow.
0: Wow. wow. That's like a good-sized football player at a wow. high school level. You lost him. That's great. And and and, and I wanted you. Um, I wanted this moment. You remember those old commercials for Slim Fast, and they snap open their jeans, and it's like big jeans, and there they are. He didn't have the jeans. He got rid of those. But I had him bring a shirt, the old shirt. So we're gonna have the moment of dramatic transformation. Yeah, a, snug shirt. a snug shirt back in the day. Come on. Let's give it up for the transformation, right? All right, now you're going to have to grab this so everybody can hear you. Now, I've been impressed with your outside transformation. You look like a totally different person than when I first met you, and uh, that's been impressive to me, but what's more impressive to me is not the outside change. What's more dramatic to me is actually what happened on the inside of you when you first came to know Jesus. And so you sent me this picture, and I want to put this up here. And this picture is from you about 25 years ago. And what I want you to do is I want you to tell us about the old you. Can you tell me what this guy on the screen, what's he about? What's he thinking? What's his life about?
1: Well, this guy was a raging alcoholic, had been for probably uh, since I was probably about 15. And that was up to about 25 years ago. Um, and I, I want to tell the story, and I don't want it to be, like, glorifying drinking. But at this point in my life, I was drinking probably about a gallon of alcohol a day along with three or four cases of beer a day. And I would do that for four and five days straight. Missed work most of the time. Came within about 15 days of losing my house at that time. And uh, finally, in 2001, I just cried out to Jesus and asked him to change me. And, you know, most people have shakes and stuff when they quit drinking. Jesus deliberately yeah. healed me from it. Like, I had no symptoms, no desire to drink from that day forward. And, it's you know, a lot of people drink and stuff and eat just miraculously heals
0: me.
2: So
0: and so at that point awesome. in time, like, you had, uh, you had some DUS, didn't you? Yeah, I had a illustrious career of about eight DWIs, spent time in jail, prison. And, and so how did you come to this place of crying out to Jesus? How did you end up coming to this church? Tell us just that story. Ironically, uh,
1: my brother was also an alcoholic, and I was just complaining to him one day about you know, how terrible everything was, and he's like, you know, if you don't like what you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. If you don't like it, change it. And it just really resounded with me. I'm like, all right, I'm going to change. And I prayed to Jesus my aunt had been praying for me for years. And I finally decided to accept the Lord. And like I said, it was just miraculous. Mm -hmm. Just instant healing. And so how did you end up coming to new life? Uh, At that point in time, I had lost my driver's license for five years. I wanted to go to church. I had nowhere to go. And I just (laughs) happened to live down the street. And I'm like, you know, there's a church down the road. I was just wandering here. And the first person I met was Greg. And he's just like, you know, it doesn't matter what you're going through. He's like, just... Come in, just hang out, be friends, and meet people, and ever there. since has been history. Been here ever since. That's awesome.
0: Now tell me this, all right? So we're seeing the old you, and we're seeing the new you. Do you ever want to go back to the old you? Are you kidding? Uh, I'm just asking the question. So, no. so I mean, maybe having
1: the hair, <laughs> but
0: but other than that, no. Other than that, no. <laughs> So, so, this new life, how, has you, how have you been changed on the inside since meeting Jesus? We understand that there was the alcohol and there's this right. crazy story, but what else changed on the inside and in how you view the world and view life? Giving up myself,
1: you know, living for others, doing what I can do for others, and quit being so selfish and focused on myself, and just, you know, there's more, so much more to life when you live outside of yourself, mm-hmm. and it's awesome.
0: Come on, would you guys give it up for Brad? So Here's the deal. There's this Bible verse, and I want you guys to know this. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says that I have come in order that you might have life and have it in its fullness. This is what Jesus wants for us. He wants us not just to have a form of life. He wants us to have true life and to have it to the full. And Brad was living. He thought that he had life. He thought that he had whatever he wanted, but it was a moment in time. He said, I can't do this anymore. I need to change, and the only way for him to change Was through Jesus. And he began a path of pursuing Jesus, doing what God would want, not what he would want. He lost the selfishness. He began to die to what he wanted, and all of a sudden, he became a new person. And that new life is something that God wants for each and every one of you. Now, I'm not gonna lie, when you begin to change, and and not just the outside change, but when you begin to allow God to change you on the inside, you still have to participate, right? you still have to work at it a little bit. You just can't just say, you know, it's not like your eyes roll back in your head and God takes over you and you're this walking Christian zombie. No, like your will is still involved. And so here's what we're going to do actually for the next four weeks. And I'm just going to give you a little plug for this because I would love for you guys to be here. We're going to do a series starting next week for four weeks called I'll Do It Tomorrow. And uh, I want you guys to check this out. Watch this video.
1: I'll be there in 15 minutes. Are my sweats clean?
0: Okay. Series called I'll Do It Tomorrow, Finding the Power to Change. And so we believe that God wants to give us new life, but we have to Work in cooperation with them for that change to take place. So, we're going to talk about some of the challenges to change. Now, today, what's the main point? Jesus and only Jesus can change you on the inside. Um, In the 17th century, there is this French guy by the name of Blaise Pascal, and here's what he said this is really interesting. He says that there is a God shaped vacuum in the heart of each man, which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the creator made known through Jesus Christ. Think about that. There's this, when we were born, we were created with this God-shaped vacuum in our heart, and the only thing that would fit there, the only thing that would ever satisfy is a relationship with God made available through Jesus Christ, And in this God-shaped vacuum, we feel this emptiness. We feel that there's this need for us to fill this. And in Brad's case, he was trying to fill it with alcohol. He was trying to fill it with something to allow that emptiness not to drive him mad, to find some type of meaning. And I think a lot of us try to fill that God-shaped vacuum before we put Jesus in that spot. And, and nothing really fits, nothing really satisfies. We can try to acquire money and does that fill that void, the sex or power or stuff or relationships or how about even marriage or how about having kids or, or how about buying more things. And we try and try and try to fill this God-shaped vacuum to satisfy the emptiness we feel. But even if we have all the things that we've dreamed would make us happy, if we don't have Jesus, it's still all fairly meaningless. It doesn't satisfy. But it's crazy because when you have Jesus, you can have none of those other things and be satisfied. Isn't that wild? That the thing that creates contentment isn't the stuff, but it's actually this relationship with God. And once we have that, it changes everything because it's not an outside change, but an inside change. And you say, well, what is the problem? What's really broken with us? Well, the Bible calls this sin, okay? So sin is this word, and you've probably heard it a lot. Um, But I just want you to think about sin as this. It's my desire to be God in my own life. That's what sin is. When I want to do what I want to do, and I don't care about anybody else, I don't care about what God says, I don't care about what you say, when I want to do what I want to do, that's always going to land in sin. And we can never break ourselves free from that. No matter how much stuff we get, we still want to do what we want to do. We actually can't get off of the throne of our own lives. We are stuck in this position. But Jesus came in order to allow us to get off of the throne. And this selfish inward desire, and we could just say it this way, sin and selfishness. It has corrupted how we think. It's corrupted our emotions. It's corrupted our relationships. It's messed up the choices that we make. And the problem is, no matter how hard we try to fix our sin and selfishness, we can't do it. We need Jesus, the only one who can change us on the inside, to do that. And the Bible has a whole lot to say about this change that can occur on the inside. So let's look at a couple of these verses. Uh, And this is going to help us to understand this idea of embracing new life and leaving the past behind. This first verse is going to be... In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21 through 24, it says, since you've heard about Jesus, like I've been talking about him, you've heard about him, and have learned the truth that comes from him, he can change you on the inside. Here's what we should do. Verse 22, throw off your old sinful nature. Throw off the old you, the former way of life, which it was corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, here's what you should do. Let the Spirit of God renew your thoughts and attitudes Put on your new nature. Become a new you, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. How awesome is that? Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 6, he says that flesh gives birth to flesh. That's why we want to do fleshly things. But listen, the spirit gives birth to spirit. So you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. See, what Jesus wants is for us to die to the old you to die to what we were, and to have a new life in Him. And when we receive this new life, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that this means that anyone who belongs to Christ Jesus has become a new person. Not a better and improved person, no, no, a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. How awesome is that? See, the old you doesn't just stop doing bad things that you used to do. No, 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 you have a new life. You are a new person. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, it encourages us that if we've embraced this new life to change how we're acting. And it says, hey, do not lie to each other. Like, we shouldn't be deceiving one another. We shouldn't be dishonest with one another since we've taken off the old self and its practices, and we've put on the new self. I'm not the old me that lies and deceives and tries to get my way. No, no, I'm new and get this, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. I want you to notice in verse 10 that line, being renewed in knowledge. See, see, the new life begins immediately. It's this amazing gift that God has that we receive when we put our faith and trust in him. But there is a process that follows, a process of being renewed. We're given new life, but we have to grow in that. We have to change. Brad changed from being an alcoholic and somebody who only thought about himself to becoming someone who pushed into a church community and began to love others and began to not be about himself. And that happened as he grew, as he was being renewed in knowledge. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Don't don't act like everybody else. But here's what you should do. Let God transform you into a new person by changing what? The way you think. Then you're going to be able to learn to know God's will, like what God would want for you. And guess what? What God wants for you, it's good, it's pleasing, it's perfect. (laughs) I don't know about you. I want that. I want what God would want for me. He's smarter than me. He's better than me. I want what he wants. And he wants me to come and to be a new person who knows what he wants for me. So on the first day of this new year, January 1, 2023, can I challenge you to let God change the way you think? Can we begin a process maybe together this year of saying, how could God change us? And here's, I think, one of the key ways that he can change us is by us putting new things in. Instead of us just endlessly scrolling on whatever it is that you like to scroll on and look at, instead of us just watching endlessly whatever we like to binge, instead of us just having the inputs that we've normally had, what if we begin to change what we input into our life? What if we begin to change what we think about? I want to encourage you to join me this year in a new Bible plan. You're like, Bible plan? I don't know. The Bible scares me. Yeah, it's a big book, but we can do this together. I believe in you. So here's what I'm going to do I put this screen up here, is I'm going to do this as my Bible plan. See, there's an app that you can download on your phone called the YouVersion Bible app. And it's set up to where every day you just click it and it pulls up a little devotional for you. And this plan here is awesome. It's got about 150 videos throughout the whole year. So some of you are like, "I don't understand the Bible, I don't know what I'm reading. All you need to do is click the button and listen to a video. It's going to explain it a little bit. It's going to tell you about kind of what's going on. Because let's be honest, the Bible is a compilation of ancient manuscripts from over 2,000 to about 7,000 years old. They weren't written in English, they've been translated, and you don't quite always understand what's going on. But that's okay, because we believe, as Christians, that God inspired these writings, that there is truth in there. And as we understand how he thinks, that it will change us from the inside out. So I want to encourage you to say, hey, you know what? In 2023, I'm going to spend time every day in the Bible. Maybe you just do this for one year, and I ask you at the end of a year to say, hey, was your life any different? Did you change? Were you Made new this year. So if you want to join this plan, you can like get your phone out and point it at that, and like a little link will pop up and you can join it. You can just go to the YouVersion Bible app. You can download that. And inside the app, it has a function now to where you can set what your home church is. So if you say, Hey, I go to New Life Community Church, guess what? this plan will pop up as the featured plan. So we would love for all of you to jump on board with it. You can find me in the app. I sent an invite to some of you who friended me on this. Um, Some of you are like, what is this? Is this like Christian Instagram? Kind of, except you don't post pictures. You just read the Bible together. So it's a plan that we can do together in order to be renewed and to experience the fullness of the life that God has for us. Does that sound good? would you do it? Some of you are like, I don't want to do it. Sounds like a New Year's resolution. Uh, Sounds like something I'm going to start, and I'm going to break, and then I'm going to feel guilty, and I don't want to feel guilty. Listen, just if you did it for a week, that's better than not doing it for a week. Hey, if you did it for a day, that's better than you not doing it for a day. Just start. Just start somewhere. And some of you are like, I hate to read. Hey, that's okay. I'm not a big reader either. Here's the cool thing about this app. You can click a little play button, and this person will come on and it'll read it to you. Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God. And if you don't like that voice, you can go change it. I found this cool chick. She reads it and it's fun. So now a woman reads it to me. I turned the woman off my GPS because I didn't like women telling me what to do, but I liked her reading the Bible. You can keep praying for me. (laughs) So join us as we read the Bible this year. That's actually true. I did turn her off. Um, All right, so I I got one more person I want to bring up here uh, today, and that's going to be my dad. Um, And some of you guys know uh, my dad, Pastor Jim. Uh, He actually started this church back in 1989, uh, which is a long time ago. Um, And before that, he was on staff at a church, and he um, actually came to know Jesus in the 70s, which was before I was born. And so my whole life, I've only known my dad kind of as Christian dad. In fact, he's like professional Christian dad. He's like, you know, he's the pastor. He's the guy. Um, but my dad had a life um, before he met Christ. And, and, and it wasn't when he was just like a teenager or a young person, but he actually had this moment in which he allowed God to begin to change him on the inside when he was 29 years old. And so, uh, Dad, if you would, would you come? And would you guys put your hands together and welcome my dad as he comes? So so dad we're talking a little bit about this uh idea that we all have this god-shaped vacuum this emptiness that's inside of us and we attempt to fill it in Brad's story you know it was kind of alcohol and and some people can relate to that like I know Greg had a past of alcohol and and Bob back there you know you guys you guys put it down you guys were in a whole different space but I know for you like you weren't ever um, in that vein, like you didn't try to fill that emptiness uh, with with alcohol, but you tried other things. And so I think what's really cool is that God can do a unique thing in each person's life. He meets every person where they're at. But for you, I just want to hear maybe a little bit of your story of what attempts did you make to fill that emptiness before you eventually realized, man, Jesus is the only one that can satisfy this. So can you share maybe just a little bit like post high school what you're thinking and what what life looks like for you?
2: Well, I always knew I was special. <laughs> I always thought I was a big deal. No, I was, uh, my, my mom told me that. She taught me that. She told me when I was a little kid that I was the best thing that ever happened, and I know my mom wouldn't lie to me, so I always believed that. And uh, so if you didn't like me, I thought, what's wrong with you? But, but anyway, uh, no, really, uh, so... No, just like everybody else, got out of school, and you say, okay, go to work, got me a job, that's good. What was your first job? Well, I went to work, actually, pretty quick, out of high school, I went to work at Ozark National Life Insurance Company. My uncle was the president of the company, and so that was cool. He, saw, he made sure I had a job, mm-hmm. and he also I he made sure that I earned less than anybody that ever had worked there, <laughs> except for his son, <laughs> who got even less than his nephew. And uh, so the idea was I'll get you a job, but you have to keep it. And so anyway, but I got, everything's going good. I'm, I'm having life and, but I got, but but that didn't satisfy. after a while, he said, well, this is great, but now what? So I couldn't think of what would be next. I was bored. So I thought, I know maybe it's time to get married. (laughs) I've been dating lots of girls. I said, I'll I'll pick one of them and we'll get married. Uh And so, uh, so I said, okay. So I, I did. And, and, uh, so me and this girl, we, we end up, we got married. So this is great. Had, got married, got an apartment of our own and got some furniture and and uh, going to work every day and coming home every night and going to work every day. And uh, this was boring, too. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't, uh, I mean, I, I was good, nothing wrong. It just wasn't satisfying me. So I thought about that time, my dad, my well, a few years before my, my mom and dad had divorced, but he, had, he moved to Iowa and he started a band, him, him and his new wife. I went up to visit him. Next thing you know, I said, hey, I, I got in the band. So every weekend, this is now, I'm finally fulfilled. Every weekend I'm driving up there playing music. This is great. But you know, got to where I was thinking about it all the time and I wasn't enjoying my job and hey, Maybe if I did it every night. So we went full-time, and we started playing music every night of the week. Now I am fulfilled. My emptiness is filled now. And after, I don't know, six months, a year, two years, I don't know. That wasn't quite as exciting as I thought it was going to be. So you had to fill up the emptiness in between, in between the nightly gigs. So I couldn't. So maybe I thought, I know. I'll get involved with maybe a little pornography. Now, back in those days, pornography was not easy. It's not like today. You get online. You had to go someplace. You had to want to go there. And so I'm doing that. And that's becoming an addiction for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But guess what? I'm filling up my, I ain't empty no more. I've got the music. I've got the The girls liking me from in the band. Oh, and I'm in the band. I like the the pornography. Got my wife. Got the hey. Everything's good, until my wife decided she didn't like that. Say what? (laughs) And she she bailed out. Uh, And I didn't want to see her go, but she said, you know, you got to pick music or me. And I said, well, don't do that. Uh, I don't want you to lose. (laughs) So we did. That's what happened. Simple as that. And so now I'm empty again. And I start filling it with more pornography and uh, more music. and think I need to get more successful.
0: So wait a second. Now, I had some pictures of Brad, and I got pictures of you too. Yeah. Look at that hair. All right, do the next one, because this is the scary one here. Yeah. All right, do one more. Do one more. All right, so, so, so there you are. Yep. So this is the old you. So.
2: This was a, yeah, this is just uh, a year before I, I came to Christ. Yeah. Just look at me. Look at the, look at the dark circles in yeah. my eyes. Look at, look at how happy I am. <laughs> I thought I was happy, I was living the dream. Uh, but I'd lost a wife, and I was married again and, and uh, get, getting ready to lose another wife. And uh, anyway, I but I kept filling the emptiness, and I wasn't afraid. It, it didn't. I didn't think about anything else. So I was fine filling the emptiness. I was doing pretty good at it until finally, I found out I couldn't fill the emptiness anymore. No matter what I did, I still was empty. Now I wasn't foolish like Brad and started drinking. <laughs> I was way better than that, (laughs) I'm I'm being facetious, way better than that, I could go down that stupid road, I wasn't going to do drugs, I don't need that, you know. (laughs) So what what do I do, well I just have sex with other women and and, and I'm just, that's all, that's all I'm doing, I'm not doing anything bad, (laughs) I mean after all, look at me. (laughs) I was blessing those women, yeah. So yeah, so that's exactly how arrogant—that's exactly how arrogant I was. So I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm so arrogant I don't realize I'm bad. Mm-hmm. But I know this: I can't fill the emptiness anymore. It's getting the empty spaces are getting deeper. I'm, I'm more stuff in, but the empty times are deeper and deeper until I realize I can't do it. I realize I'm broken. No, I can't do it. I've never been in a place where I didn't feel like I could do it, but I couldn't do it. And when I got to that point, that's when I realized. It's just like the old, the old saying says, nobody ever gets saved till they know they're lost. I realized I was lost. I couldn't find my way to f- fulfillment. I couldn't do it. And I cried out to God to fill that emptiness that I couldn't do. But I had, just, just like these other guys, like Brad and the ones you talk about, my drug of choice mm-hmm. my it was still filling something a substitute for the real thing the void you're talking about right. that could only be filled by god I you i tried a bunch of other stuff
0: so you 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 make this decision so was it just kind of like brad you just cried out to god and god met you and then what was that process because like this is like your job and your career and how you made money. And, 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 more, and,
2: more, and more than that, because my dad had been involved in this, and my dad had a heart attack on stage and died at 48 years old. And I said, I'll never get out of this. But if, if I do, I'll be disloyal to my dad's yeah. memory and his le- my le- legacy. I, that's why I was willing to let my wife go. I said, I'm sorry. I'll never stop doing what my dad gave me. what he be-. And so it was everything. It, it was my God. it meant more to me than anything in the world. the music business. So when I did that, I, when I realized I need and an, I thought it was the music business, that was my God. And so I said, i'm going to get out of that. I went to visit my uncle, who was a pastor in a church who was just nuts. The guy was nuts. He uh, just <laughs> I always thought he was a very sincere but misguided individual. <laughs> he was, he just talked about God all the time. When you meet, you haven't seen him for through three years. He didn't say, how you doing? He said, been going to church, you know, and so you just lied to him. Yeah, I go all the time, you know, get out of my face. And um, so anyway, I go to see him and I jump right in because I don't want to hear that line. And I start saying, one of these days I'm going to serve the Lord, you know, as soon as I get a little more famous, Get a little more success. And then when I do it, it'll cause a lot of other people to do it, too. You know, and He says, oh, what are you waiting for? And I said, well, I didn't have. Anyway, I talked and talked and talked so he wouldn't talk. And I just preached a pretty good sermon to myself and realized, what am I waiting for? I would made a decision right then I was not going to play music. I was going to play music for God only. So I gave up the music business. And I, said, I went and recorded a gospel album, wrote some gospel songs with a friend of mine. And we, uh, but that didn't uh, And we thought that was it until one day I'm sitting in my, we'd sent the records out to all the churches and everybody, hey, I used to be a professional, you know, you can get me and it'd be special. And they all said nothing. I got no response at all to any church. And I said, they didn't even say thanks for the record. (laughs) They said nothing. They just, so anyway, I'm sitting in my kitchen one night and God spoke to me as clear as if If it was an audible voice, it wasn't, but I knew it was God because he said stuff I would have never thought of. And he says, what if I do not want you to play music at all? And I I really laughed. A a giggle popped right out of my head because that was so absurd. As good as I am? That's what I said. You gave me all this talent and all this ability and you don't want me to use it? He said, well, first thing is, you're not as good as you think you are. (laughs) And anyway, from that point, I said... What are you saying? He said, I said, if you told me not to, I wouldn't. He said, well, I'm saying not to. I said, well, if you ever said that. He said, I'm saying. I don't want I said, and I realized he was asking me to give up music. Well, that wasn't the music business. No, that was music, playing music. And that was really the God in my life. And I just cried, and I said, Okay. I'll never play music again. I'll never even ask you to play music again. Unless you bring it to me, I'll never do it. And I knew inside that if I did that, I knew enough to know that when you give something up to God, then he a lot of times gives it back to you because you've dedicated it to him. He'll let you do it. So I waited, and six months went by, and a year, and three, and five, and eight. And he never did have me play music. And I'm, what happened? My God had to be brought down to where it was supposed to be. And I had a new God. And, and when the time came that he said, I'm now going to allow you to play music again, I didn't care if I did or not. I mean, it was cool. I loved it. Loved it as much as I ever did. It's just I love something else more. Right. I'd gotten filled with the God the new life <laughs> and so it was a whole different whole different. so that's how I got there
0: and, and and answer this for me when you made this decision you you began to embrace this new life in Christ how, what role did the Bible play in that because I'm challenging everybody to let's read the Bible together let's allow that to change how we think was the Bible a uh, part of your process of changing and 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 letting go of this other thing that was your God how did it play in
2: for you okay well yeah, and you could and you could talk to your mom about this a little bit. No, when I when I first, Elvert <laughs> at my uncle when I did that and made that decision, mm-hmm. gave my life to Christ. I came home, got me a Bible, and and I mean, I read it. I mean, I, I didn't want to put it down. Right. I was reading it. I mean, I made a decision. I still had to finish out. By the way, a, a gig I was playing music. I had to finish out my contract there, and so I'm coming home from work. And what I did was, back in those days, we didn't have remote controls. How long ago was that? And uh, so you had to go actually go over to the TV and turn it on. I put my Bible right on top of the TV. And I made a decision. I was never going to watch television any day before I read the Bible. So I go over to turn the TV on, and there's my Bible. I get it out. And I read. Sometimes I never turn the TV on. But I, I read the Bible. It was like a novel. It was just Page-turner, man, I was just reading and reading and and just, yeah, so it changed everything. Uh, I I was using the Living Bible, which was written in a real uh, paraphrase, you know, but man, I was getting the message, getting the word, and I just, I remember when I got to the end of Revelation, I I started seeing how few pages were left, and I started to get real depressed. Oh, no, (laughs) there's not going to be, it's almost over, (laughs) and not realizing I could read it again and again, which I have. But no, the Bible, the Bible is everything. Mm-hmm. Somebody wrote in my Bible and they gave it to me. They said, This book will keep you from sin, and sin will keep you from this book. And that resonated with me, and I said, Okay, I'm not gonna allow sin to get a hold on me again. And so the word of God became the uh the barrier, the the protector. Mm-hmm i was filling my mind with that thinking god's ways instead of my ways
0: so final thing i'll ask you here because you've pursued christ and and ended up going on staff at a church and you've been a pastor you've been the lead pastor here for 30 some years we're going to honor you here in a couple weeks and it's going to be an exciting time but but my heart today is for the person who hasn't yet embraced that new life that they have sensed that there is an emptiness. They've maybe even seen in their own life that I've tried to fill it with A, B, C. I've tried to do this, but they keep coming back to this place of that emptiness. And, and maybe, just maybe, they're believing today that this is maybe the thing. What would your encouragement be to somebody who's realizing that life's not turning out quite like they thought, that there is an emptiness? What would you say to that person if you were just to, to meet with them one-on-one?
2: Well, once you know that there's an emptiness and you know that you can't fill it, and I always just tell people, take a look at your life. How's it going? Mm-hmm. This is what you have, and this is what God offers. Now, to, In order to have what God offers, you have to give up the most valuable thing to you. Mm-hmm. Now, God paid the price. You don't have to pay the price, but you have to accept that. And to, in order to accept what God gives you, you have to let go of what you have in your hands. It takes both hands to accept Christ. So you have to let go of your life and take him. So you have to trust that what he has is better than what you have. Mm-hmm. And what, like, what's the most important thing to me? Well, my, my, my life, my, my, my decision maker, right. my will to do what I want. I say, I'm going to trust that he knows better for me than what I know for me. And if you don't know that, if you don't realize, that, if you still believe you can fill it with something, then you're probably going to keep trying to fill it with something else. Isn't that sad? You have to go to the very bottom. The last thing you try is Jesus Christ. You know why? Because you don't need to try anything after that. (laughs) That's, That's it. You're done. I don't care if it's the first thing you try or the hundredth thing you try. It's the last thing you try because it fills you. And so I just say, like people say, what do you have to lose? I mean, Surrender your life to Christ and watch what happens. Yeah. Just watch what happens. Trust him. Take a step, and he'll meet you. He'll always meet you at the end of your, so you, he'll reach his hand out, you, but you have to reach yours out and take his. Mm-hmm. But if you do, well, I'm an example. Brad's an example of what happens. Yeah. And, you, and, and you don't even recognize who you are. Like you said, I look at this, and this, I'm like talking about somebody else. That guy. He died. Yeah, the old you. The old me. Well, Dad,
0: thanks for sharing. Would you guys put your hands together? Thank him. (laughs) So, it's been a different kind of a message. But the hope today is for you to embrace new life. And if you haven't yet, it's a decision that you make. It's got to start there. And what we'll do here in a moment is I'll lead you in a prayer. We'll allow there to be some words to go with your heart's intention to say, you know what, I'm not going to do it on my own. I want there to be an old me. I want the new me. I want to move into that. I don't know how that looks. It may be rough. It may be ugly. There may be a process involved, but I want that. And if you want that, I want to lead you in a prayer. And I know everybody in here who's prayed that prayer before will pray it alongside of us. It's going to be a special moment. Uh, But for those of you who've already made that decision, and you say, you know what, I've embraced new life in Christ, but, you know, I haven't really been doing that part of continuing in it. I haven't been in the process of becoming more renewed in my mind. Man, let's read the Bible together this year. Let's get involved. And let's believe that every person in this room, one year from now, if we have a reunion, will say, Wow, they've changed so much. Let's not be the same people next year as we are this year. Let's change, let's be different. So if you're here and you say you know what inside myself as I'm hearing this I think God's speaking to me I want to embrace Jesus I want what he has I'm going to lead us in a prayer and I want to invite everyone to pray this everybody to pray it out loud I'm going to give you the words but if you mean this I believe it'll change your life and God'll begin to change you on the inside so would you all pray with me just pray this say heavenly father forgive me of my sins make me brand new I believe you died and you are risen so I could be forgiven, so I could serve you. Fill me with your spirit. Help me daily for the rest of my life. Thank you for new life. Today I give you mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, put your hands together and let's celebrate those who are putting their faith in Jesus today. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information, please visit newlifekc.com.